As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Uh, I expected maybe something about Garuba below your name today. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to change it. Um, I I mean, I changed it to Derby Burkitts. Derby Burkitts. You were a... Both of us were Garuba supporters in in ways. Uh, how did mm. how did the news hit you? Uh, I can't lie. I was pretty uh, pretty bummed out. Ruined my day whenever <laughs> that was. <laughs> Completely ruined it. Um, you know, listen. I'm not going to say I was a Garuba expert, but I had read a few articles and it had convinced myself that he was the one. Yeah, of all of these guys at the end of the bench. And I was ready to throw the full force of Debbie Buckets behind Usman Garuba. Yeah. But uh, Presti decided to rip that away from me uh, in favor of who knows. We'll find out, I guess, eventually. We'll find out. I'll be fine with that because I did make a case for Oladipo. True. uh, That would make me feel smart. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I can can only be so bummed out. My my opinion of Garuba was as strong as, like, you might have an opinion on a draft prospect that you watched one 15 minute YouTube video of. Sure. You know, like sometimes you come away from those videos and it feels like you have a really strong opinion. Oh yeah. But then two years later, you're like, eh, I don't know if I re- really ever liked him when that player <laughs> doesn't turn out well. It's like, I, I think I just liked that one video. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, I was just excited for something new, you know? Oh yeah. Just something new. I mean, if they end up keeping like JRE, uh-huh. uh, which, which could very well happen. Could happen. 
you know, in my head, I'll be thinking could have been Garuba. Could have been could be, could be watching Garuba right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm very interested to see what happens with all these guys because Ty Ty cleared waivers. Yeah. Is Garuba, is he, did he clear waivers? I haven't seen yet. Uh, okay. I personally am just waiting for, for teams to pounce. That's what I was promised. I was promised pouncing on these players. Yeah. And I have not been granted pouncing yet. Not been one pounce. I mean, Ty Ty has not even been signed anything. Not. I mean, there have been there. There was literally articles written about the waving of Ty Ty Washington and how there's yeah. the Thunder. What are the Thunder doing? You know, there's too many picks. There's too much talent. And literally, this guy. There's like not a peep of a team that would want him. The that's what kills me is like people are like man. Thunder got too much talent. This is where too many picks is just gonna gonna come back and bite you because you got to just let this talent go. So like these dudes were literally traded twice with assets, with assets, with yeah. assets to get them to the next destination, and waived. And they're probably both gonna clear waivers. Maybe Garuba doesn't, but Ty Ty cleared waivers. Like that happened. And we don't hear a peep. Maybe he'll get an Exhibit 10 with somebody. Maybe he'll go play in Europe or in China or whatever. I don't know. But we can't. I just hate that people act like, oh, my gosh, what a travesty this is. It's just annoying to me. Well, I was thinking about it because if if someone's not taking a shot at the Thunder, one thing you'll commonly hear is, man, there's just so much talent in the league right now, which is something I have said, something you have said. Yeah. And. And uh, in some ways, I agree with that because I look back at like, you know, the 2001 draft, the Kenyon Martin draft, and I'm sure. like, oh my gosh, yeah. the league is in such a better place <laughs> than it was back then. Or even like the 2013 draft that was really weak. Yeah. At the same time, like the explosion of draft coverage has created a community of people who are obsessed with like the 15th man on every single team. Definitely. And as a result, when these guys do get waived or cut, and these are guys that the draft guys spend hours, Mm -hmm. you know, researching and and, and legitimately fell in love with a few of these guys. Like there's always going to be a proponent out there. Whereas like a few years ago, you know, it would have been a whisper. Like who who cares? Yeah. Without a doubt. I I think a lot of, a lot of this is, it's, yeah, it's dependent on if you know their name. Yeah. So-and-so was waived, and I know their name, so they must be good. Or I knew that they went in the first round, so they must be good. Back in the... I mean, if the equivalent of Usman Garuba was waived seven years ago, the replies on Twitter are usually, who? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not yeah. like, oh my gosh, who, somebody's going to get... Who's somebody's going to get in line for this? So, somebody's somebody's going to get this third-string center, and it's going to change the way they play, you know? It's like, man, wasn't he taking uh, twenty one overall? Is that right? I can't remember. Um, I, think- I was I was looking at the two thousand one draft. Uh, Joe Forte, who I was actually very high on. <laughs> I remember getting excited to get a Joseph Forte rookie card. He was out of UNC. <laughs> um, but th- that that's the type of guy. Like when when he got waived, twenty third like only only me that cared. Twenty third overall. Uh, that would have been Brandon Armstrong. So why do I, re- why do I remember that name? Um. Yeah. So I mean, whatever. It is. I'm interested to see what the next uh, names are going to be. I I was kind of interested in the timing because we had talked about. You know, we we were kind of working under this assumption that 
oh, they're just going to bring all these guys into camp and may the best man win, you know? Yeah, I and thought that, that would that happen. that clearly isn't going to happen. Um, well, they, so they, I'm, I'm, they clearly just like their guys because what right. they did is they waved these two outsiders and they brought back two of their guys in Lindy Waters and Olivia Saar right. to go into camp. But, but, but at the same time, they didn't wave them the second they traded for them. So like it, it does... You, you have to assume that Presti made sure that these guys don't have any v- positive value to any team oh. in the league 100%. while also balancing the fact that like, okay, if I can't find any value, you know, the, I should give these guys a chance to like go sign with some other team Yeah. Um, instead of just bringing them into camp and oh. then waving them right before the season starts. Yeah. Well, and, and but, it's funny to me that, and I know that like we, we definitely look down on the Rockets and like we kind of think like whatever with the Hawks. Like, don't you think the Hawks and the Rockets picked up the phone and called everybody too? It's like, hey, listen, you can have Usman Garou or Ty Ty Washington. All you have to do is give us like a second, you know? Yeah, especially with Houston because it, it would take a lot for me if I had drafted a guy a year ago for me to not only get rid of him but also to include seconds with him. Yeah, I would have exhausted every other option before doing that. It would be like trading JRE and Trey Mann with seconds to another team. Well, even worse than that. I mean, Ty Ty was last year's draft. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, it wouldn't be like trading J Dub. That that would actually be insane with seconds. We have to give up seconds to get off of J Dub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but maybe like a, a J Will. Let's say J Will. I just feel like, like Jeremiah up. and Trey are a better example because those are guys legitimately <laughs> that could be gone. You know, yeah, that are on the fringe yeah. of the roster. Where like J Will and J Dub. I mean, you, I mean, if you put both those guys out there, you could get a lot, you know. But could you actually get anything for Jeremiah Robinson or Owen Trayman? Like, that's a, I think that's a, a more legitimate question. Same with, like, Garuba and Ty Ty. Like, where yeah. are these guys in the NBA landscape? And, you know, I don't know. Maybe it would be the same conversation. But I, I, would, I just wanted to say, like, these other teams made these calls, too. Like, these other teams did their due diligence as well. Yeah. And sometimes Presti can make something out of nothing. Definitely. But this is just the case of, like, these two players having zero value and maybe zero landing spots. You know, you'd, you'd like to hope that these guys could land somewhere and, you know, make a training camp roster and, you know, be the 15th man on a team. Yeah, that'd be great. But reality is they have been traded twice and cut by a team that, you know, frankly has a ton of young guys and that if they were better than them, they would have stayed. And so that's just kind of where they're at. And also the Thunder have so much invested in all these other guys too. Like not only like their talent, but like their personalities within the program and knowing how they fit, you know, that stuff I would imagine is valuable to the direction that they're heading in. And they have their like top tier talent guys anyways. You know, like we're yeah. splitting hairs on guys that wouldn't even play, <laughs> you know. So has anyone that they've waived signed yet? Because Rudy Gay hasn't signed with the team yet, right? No, he has not. Yeah, I don't think so. Who who will be the first to actually get a contract? I don't know. Like the people talked about like the Warriors for Rudy Gay. Yeah. But 
like if I'm the Warriors, like why would you do that? Like I would on, honestly rather have Garuba than yeah than uh, Rudy Gay at this point. I would guess it'd be Garuba just because a big guy that can move his feet. Sure, you know, right. So that's I mean that's the direction I would go in. I've heard just some weird like personal stuff with Ty Ty that may just like keep him from being in the NBA at least for the time being. But then like Rudy Gay, who knows? Like is he I mean he could retire. I mean is there a, a lot of tread left on the tires for Rudy Gay? Probably not. Probably um, not. I don't know the, how much he's helping somebody. But if I'm another team and you know if you need a big or need like a third or fourth big, like just, I would sign Garuba. That's what I would do. But I was, uh, you know, Keith Smith, he's been on top of this all summer. You know, he tweeted out a list of players and was like, you have to cut. I forget how many left. That, how many left do they have to cut? Three. Is it two or three? three? Three. And he was asking people who they would cut. And so many of the comments were like, man, this is so hard. Oh, it's like it's not do? it's actually not like it's fun to talk about on a podcast but i promise you it does not matter it does we not have matter eight we're going to have 18 guys on this roster yeah. we're talking and and a couple of those guys on the two ways honestly have a better chance of playing minutes than whoever is going to end up being the 15th guy also like, lindy's probably going to play more than whoever the 15th man is probably so probably so and I'll, and Keontae may end up playing more than whoever the fifteenth man is. It just it does not matter. It it's matter. fun to talk about in the same way it was fun to talk about last summer. And then he traded all those four guys, in <laughs> and it happened trade. just like that. And then uh, it was like, oh, all right, well, never mind. Yeah, uh, and everything I said, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> also, his list is like so dumb. <laughs> it's I like know. the he had, he had Poku and Wiggins on it. He had, he had Isaiah Joe on the list. Yeah, Isaiah Joe. It's on like, it, yeah. dude, like, just tell us a little bit. Tell, tell us you, you don't have to say anything else to let us know that you really don't know what you're talking about. Well, and honestly, though, I'm glad he put Isaiah Joe because I will promise anyone that Philly letting go of Isaiah Joe will end up being a bigger mistake than anything OKC does this summer in terms of waving. Like even yeah. if they wave Aaron Wiggins, which would infuriate me, and I will be. That's, I mean, they're just not going to wave him. That just wouldn't happen. But if they but, did, but if Andrew, they did, yeah, I still would rather have Isaiah Joe as much as I love Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, I'm just still rather have yeah, Isaiah just Joe. yeah. The shooting is something that every single team in the league needs. You know, yeah. especially from like a and, young and guy the fact that he's just paid. not like a total like zero on defense, like that he. Yeah, he's like trying better on the end over the course of the season. Yeah, he's trying. So I'm still interested to see who they cut. Yeah, but it's more for the reaction. Yeah, I mean, I, I am excited if they do cut like a, a random name. I mean, I think if they cut Trey Mann, like that would be a legitimately what's, like, what's big your loudest story on Twitter. What, what player would be the loudest gasp from you if they cut them? The I mean, loud. for me personally, it wouldn't be Trey, but I think Trey would get the loudest gasp on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Um, for me, if they cut Poku, I, I would gasp. Oh, I would. That's probably my loudest gasp if they cut yeah. Poku. <gasps> if they cut Poku. <laughs> immediately into tears. Yeah, it would be. It would be a tough day. Yeah, but also probably wouldn't matter at the end of the day <laughs> because there's so many good players on this roster. The roster is really good when you start breaking it down. Because I like was asking um, Tyler Parker on Monday. You know who would be in your like nine man rotation for a, you know, yeah for for a game that you need to win. Literally, like the only person 
like on this list legitimately that were mentioned, Isaiah Joe and Wiggins, like none of those other guys were even like discussed or even like thought of. Yeah. You know, as a part of it's, a nine it's tough. rotation. So it's so it, it'll be fun to see how it shakes out like once we get into the season. Um, I assume Mark is going to continue playing the full length of the roster. Yeah. The fact that there are three two-way guys now, and one of them is Lindy, who got, I don't know how many minutes he got last year. He got over 500 minutes last year. Shout out to Lindy. I mean, I'm I'm glad Lindy's back. I think Lindy's pretty good, and he can be helpful in spots. I'm I'm glad he's back. And he's just a good dude. He played 531 minutes last year. Yeah. And part part of that was being on a two-way. Yeah. So obviously he can only play a certain number of games. But yeah, I think he's going to get minutes. And then <laughs> Olivier Sars back in our lives. Me and Andrew were just looking it up. He has signed, he signed Exhibit 10, a 10 day, a yep. second 10 day, and three separate two way deals with it, OKC over the past couple of years. It's SAR time. It's SAR time again. It's SAR time again. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I would guess that maybe they just like having him to play against the bigs in practice because he is giant yeah that must yeah it must be something like that because <laughs> i don't have a good explanation otherwise. he's not getting big minutes in the regular season like we all know that but no he's not but it is interesting if they do go that way like what you just said like mm-hmm. they, they just wanted a guy who could be a big in practice yeah versus just taking a flyer on someone which they have done in the past and and like the truth is, like Sar is like willing to take that deal again, right? You know? Yeah, and so it's great. You know, is like is Usman Garuba going to be like super happy hanging out at the end of the bench, not playing and being like your practice big? Like uh, the, the Us I know, yeah. How much fun that would have been! <laughs> we could have had two guys named Us. See, that's what I would have liked. The Usmans, Usmans, <laughs> the Usmans. Yeah, we could have made a shirt off of that. I know, I know. Also, the Garuba Goobas. Yeah. We had so many. We had so many things planned. I know. I had so many plans. Oh, I Just let can- us get to training camp. God, I gotta cancel all Sam. my plans now. I gotta cancel Honestly, all my plans. The problem is that he waited before the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, what if he blows up? Okay. What if it is Garuba's world here in a week? Hey, Every, everyone's talking. Gold about medal MVP Usman Garuba. Uh, Adam Scott. Part of me is like to pour one out for Usman Garuba. Part of me is like, why not just hang on until the World Cup just in case his stock is raised as a result of these games that uh, sickos will be watching? Yeah. That will, you know, why not? Hmm. But whatever. Yeah, that's a big whatever. Uh, Grape Ape in the Not interested in watching Spain anymore. Grape Ape in the chat. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Except for like, I am weirdly fascinated watching Rudy Fernandez. I've watched Spain play a couple times. And I'm just. How old is he now? I don't know. Like, he can't be that old, right? Well, he came in when Russ came in, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he's not like... There's he's some... 38 years old. Andrew. Is he really? Yes. Man, he looks great for 38. Looking great for 38. Be... That's our t-shirt for Rudy Fernandez. For Rudy Fernandez, a yeah, player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not on the Thunder. Yeah, we're making Rudy Fernandez shirts. If, if you want After one. we got spurned by Garuba. <laughs> great pep in the chat says, Andrew, spread your influence at The Athletic. They're ranking SGA as the 2C tier point guard and 7th last in their tier behind Harden, Jaw, and Murray, LMAO. Now, are these are these Partnow's rankings or is this some other ranking? Yeah, this is Seth's. Because Seth made it very clear that within tiers, there is no ranking. 
Yeah. It, it gets ranked, I think, because they just put them in order. Yeah. But he sees no difference between anyone in a given tier it's that true. you could argue for anyone. So that, true. that so you, you can say that he's better than Jaw if you want to, and Seth would have no issue. Yeah. And then I also think it's important that, because I listened to the pod he did mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. um, like what he's basing it on, like he, he does take into account playoff success. Yeah. And, you know, Shea has not been the number one guy on a playoff team or even the number two guy. On yeah. the I guess he was kind, he of, was kind of the number, number two, two guy. He was the number two in, on that Chris Paul team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, they, it's not like they won a series or anything. So I, I do think like at some point you have to prove it. Like Jamal Murray won a championship this year as a yeah. second best player on a championship team. Like that means something. Yeah. It should mean something. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to rank Jamal Murray ahead of SGA, even though I think SGA is a better player, I get it. You know, I get it. I wouldn't do it, but I get it. Yeah. And same thing with Ja. I mean, John Ja has been the best player on a good playoff team for the last couple of years, won a couple of series. So, like, whatever. If somebody wants to rank them ahead. Yeah. I just can't get myself fired up about, even if they are rankings, I just can't find my, I just can't, I just can't get fired up for stuff like that anymore. That, that's why I think, like, this year is important. Maybe not for the team as a whole. We still feel like we're in the early stages. Yeah. But for someone like Shea, like, yeah, I do think it's important that he leads a team to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I do think that will eventually matter for his not just legacy, but like his standing within the league. He's obviously an all NBA first team player. So he's he's getting respect in that sense, but to reach that next level, you have to do it in the playoffs. Yeah. You got to go win around in the playoffs in the next like two years. You need to go like try to win around. You have to try. You have to at least try. (laughs) Come on. Uh, Okay. Let's, you have anything else? I really don't want to talk roster crunch anymore. Really ever Uh, again. I have anything? a I have a nomination for the rebuild and replenish. Oh yeah, thing. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, in honor, first of all, if you're listening for the first time, uh, every week bringing you know one or two nominations for the rebuild and replenish Hall of Fame, looking back at events, players, things that happened over the last two seasons, but not last year. Uh, and we've we've in, we've nominated some great some great things. We had the Thursday pod. We had Poku. Uh, pre-G League rookie Poku. We had the Daniel O'True game. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there another one? Was there any more? That might be where we are. Okay. Isaiah Roby game winner? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, yes. The Robes game. How, what's, the easy, what's the quickest way to describe that game? I mean, if you say the Portland game, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, in honor of this player getting a contract, another contract in the league, with the Portland Trailblazers, I am nominating Moses Brown. Yeah. Uh, who I really think is like one of the best examples of a player that you kind of fall, you have this quick love affair with while yeah. your team is going through a rebuild. Now, not everyone had a love affair with Moses Brown, but mm-hmm. a lot of people did. Yeah. And if you go and read, which I did last night, his Wikipedia page, about his time in OKC. First of all, it's like the longest part of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> there, It's just so funny because every line is just something insane that he did <laughs> as a member of the Thunder because he did not play a lot at the beginning of that season. And then Al Horford, they decide to sit Al Horford for the rest of the year. 
And Moses ends up coming in, and I think he played like 36 straight games for the Thunder, averaged 10 and 10 over those games. But he listen to some of these stats. Okay. On March 14th, he made his first career start. In his second consecutive start, he had 20 and 16 for his first career double double. Five it was blocks, also his too. and five and five bucks. It was his fourth straight game setting a career high in points which set a thunder franchise record <laughs> he also had five blocks to become just the second player in team history to record 2015 and five that other guy was serge Ibaka. and then on march 27th they eventually announced that horford's going to sit that night brown had career highs of 21 and 23 in a loss to boston to boston celtics and that was the game where he had 17 and 19 at half Kendrick yeah, Perkins tweeted insane. out, Moses Brown is flat out giving the Celtics that work. The man has 17 points and 19 rebounds at halftime. God bless America. <laughs> that's what he's saying about Moses Brown. Uh, and meanwhile, and oh, oh, by the way, that game, which was the second fastest double-double in franchise history. Wow. He got assigned uh, to a multi-year deal immediately yeah. after that game. But you called so, it out. I remember during that, after he got signed, you called it out as like not we signed him, but we didn't really. Yes, I didn't, it turned out that would be the case for a lot of teams because yeah. within months, on June 18th, he would be traded to the Celtics. By July 31st, he would get traded again to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, shout out Tass Mellis. I remember on uh, No Dunks, <laughs> that trade to the Celtics, he mentioned Moses Brown and like how impactful Dude, a lot, he could have a been. lot of people mentioned most <laughs> I, I actually was able i went to search for just some headlines about moses brown because mm -hmm. i do think and this is not to make fun of any of these writers but it's just like a a point in time yeah. that i think it'll be easy to forget what people were saying about moses brown at the time yeah. So I just want to, I'm just going to read some of these headlines. I'm not telling you where they're from or who wrote them. Oh, please tell us who wrote them. No, I'm not going to tell you who wrote please? them. Why? Because I'm not. Uh, because they might be Thunderblogs. <laughs> I would be love listeners. to. I just, I, I think, uh, I think people need to be exposed. Um, first one I found uh, Thunder head coach Mark Dagnall won't place a ceiling on Moses Brown's game. No ceiling. No ceilings on Moses Brown. Uh, the next one, <laughs> unearthing Moses Brown could hasten the rebuild. Unearthing him could hasten the rebuild. Dude, I remember some of these takes. The best one, though, does Moses Brown impact potential Mobley selection? Referring to Evan Mobley. I mean, that's, that's a good one. That's again, a good one. I'm just taking you back in time. These were things we should that were make being a shirt said, that just says that. These were things that were being said that, like, weren't like the craziest takes out there like there were people who would uh listen and and you know like talk about these things in a real way and uh now listen to this one this is a tweet from one andrew k select let's hear it <laughs> so you're gonna expose steal, me steal of a deal for moses brown for the thunder lots of team control at a very low cost low risk high reward how high would you say that reward uh, uh was andrew <laughs> you had a 2020 game so pretty high so the funny thing about Moses Brown is that he put up pretty insane counting stats. Like he had, crazy. if you go look at his box scores, yeah, I'm looking at him right now. It's it's crazy, like it's mind boggling. He, he really did have some wild stats. I forgot at in that same, Daniel Aturu game. I totally forgot this. 
He had 24, 18, three assists, and seven blocks. Yeah. He had he eight offensive rebounds in that his game. His game score was 31.1. That is so 1. high for yeah, a game score. I know. I think that's his that was highest his, one. That was, actually, looking at game score, that was his best game. Yeah, that's his best season. game. You know what? A lot of times we blame like Poku or whoever for that win. We should have, I, I don't know why we blocked out. I, I have like completely blocked out Moses Brown from that game for whatever reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's 12 of 19 from the field. Good for him. Uh, the thing that you have to remember, two things. One, that team was absolute garbage at that time. Somebody has to score the points. Hall of Fame right there. Hall of Fame. After this initial stretch, when I believe, I don't know if uh, Shea probably wasn't playing. Who was playing in these games? So these first games after Moses started, um, they actually won four out of six games. After those games, they won three games, and that was that you know three win stretch that closed the end of the season, where I think they went like three and seventeen. The starting lineup thing, though, in there, Houston, they beat Houston by two. The starting yeah. lineup: Teo Maladon, Lugens Dort, Poku, Robes, and Moses Brown. Okay, well then, then they were just on a hot streak because. Uh, there's no Just, reason why they should have won four of six. Justin Jackson. <laughs> Based on that. Justin Jackson had 15 points off the bench. He and Svi combined for 30. Uh, let me see. Okay, they beat the Grizzlies a few nights before. Oh, okay. Shea was playing in that game. So Shea must have just left the roster at the at that Houston game. Okay. Um, the other thing, though, about Moses Brown is that if you looked at his efficiency stats, like he wasn't good. Per cleaning the glass... <laughs> He shot 59% at the rim, wow. which among bigs was in the 15th percentile. That was, was 7172. Not good. Could not finish. Also, uh, was not a stretch shooter in any way. I mean, hey, shout out Olivier Saar. He occasionally will take a three. Yeah, he'll take threes. We weren't getting any threes from Moses. We weren't really even getting like non paint shots from Moses. <laughs> no, it was no, no, no. Purely around the rim where he was not good as a big. Um, so yeah, it it was a it was a crazy time. Uh, I found this tweet from a Celtics fan right after that trade. Moses Brown is why you simply don't pay for veteran center depth. Which maybe that's correct. I don't know if it's correct about Moses Brown, but you should not pay correct. for veteran center. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, MassLive.com, why Celtics landing Moses Brown is underrated element of Kemba Walker trade because oh. he was traded with Al Horford in the Kemba Walker trade. Yep. Um, I just think of all of the guys who like came in and out of our lives, Moses Brown probably had like the highest efficiency in terms of his immediate impact on the fan base because he was really only with us for like 30 games. I know. But I would say he showed out in those 30 games more than any of these other like random, you know, whether it's Yorgos or like Xavier Z- Simpson or Xavier Simpson, uh, who, you know, like all those other random guys, Jalen Horde like Josh Hall, Charlie Brown, like of that crop of players, I do feel like Moses Brown probably had the largest impact. Is he it? got us the most excited. He made us, and, and to be fair, you you just read off the roster. You read off who was playing in those games. It's not like we had a ton to get excited about. You know, we were talking ourselves into, you know, this is Poku. We're talking ourselves into Poku. We're talking yep. ourselves into Teo. Yeah. We're definitely talking ourselves into Isaiah Roby. Definitely. Uh, and Bays was still there, obviously. I was probably talking myself into Bays. Yeah, we like Bays. So 
we didn't have a lot to work with. And, and it was kind of this perfect storm for Moses where he's putting yeah. up counting stats. Yeah, we weren't winning, but he was he was literally setting records every night. It felt like there was some insane <laughs> record. Someone was tweeting out every night. Moses Brown just did something for the first time since Wilt Chamberlain or like since the first time since UCLA, Lou Alcindor. You're just like, oh, my God, what is happening with Moses Brown? And uh, it was just a very special time. And I think he needs to be remembered for that. And shout out to him for staying in the league. Hey, he's got to deal with the Blazers. It's great. Uh, I hope it works. It also it shows commitment to the tank. You know, if you're a Blazers fan, I think you got to be excited that your team is all in. And they're. I mean, he is. He, this is kind of impressive. So one thing I forgot was he actually started with Portland. Portland uh, brought him on as an undrafted rookie. His hmm. his rookie season, he actually played nine games for them. He has played for Portland, OKC, Dallas, Cleveland. Clippers and Brooklyn. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So he's already played for six teams. This will be his, I guess not his seventh team because he already played for Portland. Uh, I'd kind of forgotten he didn't play for Boston at all, but that trade was during the summer. Um, but yeah, if you, if you look at his basketball reference page, I mean, his time in OKC clearly stands out as like, this is, this is apex. This is peak Moses Brown right here. Shout out Moses Brown. Yeah, Shout I think he. Brown. I think he just put Moses Brown on the back of the shirt for sure. I think that that that's a good. One. He de- deserving. He deserves it. He was here. Hey, he did. He made he us say some. Cl- made okay, us say some crazy stuff. He made us say some crazy stuff. He did. Uh, I do have. I have a nomination too. Okay. It's the Dort game winner against the Spurs. And what stands out about it to me is just, it was such a weird time, and I have the clip, is it was in a empty Paycom, or I guess it was Chesapeake Energy Arena then maybe, I can't remember. Um, but it was just so weird to see a game winner where it's just only the team celebrating. Here's the clip. Getting it into Horford, Horford catches, kicks, Dort for the win! It's good! And Lou Dort! Ends it. So was all that crowd noise you and Joe? It was me and Joe and Royce just screaming at the top of our lungs. We were so excited. And it was actually like one of those games where you're like, oh man, please don't make this. Like, please don't do this. Like (laughs) that was pretty early in the season. Yeah, because Horford had the assist. Yeah. And it's like a, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a photo for Dort laying on the ground with his, you know, arms spread open, knowing that he well, like so this It's so funny because I remembered him laying down, you know, like he's doing a snow angel. I did not remember him being so wide open. So he just, he just fell down for fun. I thought he fell down in my memory. He fell down because he was like closely contested. Oh no. Let's watch it but again. He, let's watch he it again. He had his legs for yeah. fun. Yeah. It's Getting it into Horford. Horford catches, kicks Dort for the win. It's good! And Lou Dort ends it! Yeah. It almost looks like he's flopping. <laughs> Patty Mills just literally just looks over his shoulder at him. <laughs> just like, <laughs> all right, whatever happens here is fine. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously a cool moment for Dort hitting the game winner. It was a memorable, and, and- memorable game. To be fair, I remember that game winner more than some other ones. I mean, I forgot a Shea one last week. I remember yeah. that one because I remember his reaction afterwards and everyone coming over. Yeah, and it's just a a weird 
like time capsule moment too because it was nobody is in the arena. It's like to an empty audience. And, you know, they did pipe in all this crowd noise yeah. and all this music during that time. And it was just so strange. Uh, was Rumble at those games? No. Oh, okay. No. They only allowed like a very, very limited amount of people could be like on the court. So like we sat up at the top of the first level in those games and had like our cubicles basically that we would sit at and eat our little box dinners and watch a basketball game with a mask on. <laughs> and yeah, it was just such an odd time. But that game winner like sticks out to me as like something memorable from the tank was like one like we did not want to win that game if you're if you're like if you're all bought into the tank you did not want to win that game um but then like you just remember Dort's reaction to it and it was just something else maybe we can just have a have a picture of Dort laid out like that on the back of the shirt you know <laughs> yeah. instead of putting the Dort game winner I think people might even remember it better as as like a picture of him laying down like that rather than like yeah. saying the Dort game winner because then be like, well, which one was that? If you have him laying down, you'd be like, oh, I remember that. I was going to Spurs. All right, Al, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk about the top 10 players that got away from OKC. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man and the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. 
High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Al, we are going to... I don't know. It's, I don't know if this is really a draft. I don't really know what you'd call it, but we're going to go over the top 10 players that went on from Oklahoma City to get... And we're better. We're better players than they were for the Thunder. This is kind of an idea that you brought to the table just kind of born out of the uh the the discussion about the roster, roster crunch. crunch yeah just because uh you know this happens to every team every team lets guys go that eventually go on to do better things and yeah for some reason Tobias Harris always pops in my head just because he was involved in so many trades as a young player he really before was he ended up being good um but yeah, so these are just guys who who got away from OKC. Now maybe they were involved in a trade that brought back very good stuff. Yep. But our opinion of those guys definitely increased after they left OKC for whatever reason. Now they could have been waived, they could have been traded, whatever. Yep. Um, so we're gonna go back and forth, uh, just drafting these guys in the order that we think they should be drafted in. And the obvious number one, we'll get it out of the way. You could even name this list after this guy would be James Harden yep. for obvious reasons. So uh, James Harden is number one. He, he is probably the only one of these that uh, I think really mattered when you consider the context of where the team was at the time yeah. and what they got back in any trade. Like the rest of these guys, you can justify all the moves. James Harden is like the one that sticks out where it's like, oh, okay, we, we might have let one get away there. And the trade wasn't great. <laughs> And the trade was great. <laughs> no, I mean, that's like kind of the big thing there with him. Yeah. And, uh, and as we're going through these names, mm-hmm. uh, think about, you know, like if they did wave someone like Trey Mann or like, you know, Poku, where would they slot in on this list? Yeah. If, yeah. Would they make the top 10 yeah. of this list? Um, I guess number two, I'm kind of I'm trying to decide between two different guys. I think I'm just going to go Demonis Sabonis because I, I think that we, in that Paul George trade, we like felt like, oh yeah, like Oladipo is a big part of that. And then like Sabonis was like, I don't know. There were a lot of mixed thoughts about Sabonis after his rookie season. He really wasn't very good in his rookie season. And some of that was they were trying to help him develop his game uh, and you know, stretch out his game, have him shoot corner threes and become like this versatile player. But that's really not what he was going to be in the NBA ultimately. Like he's going to be, like he's what he is now, like this DHO big that can score on the basket, rebound like a maniac, you know, like that's what he is. And Thunder already had Cantor and Adams on the team. And so they had to find a way to play him. And it was just not in his best position. And so he got a lot better after he got to Indy. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he like got he was, a lot better, but he got like, it was just, it was like instant when you saw him playing with Indiana. It was like, oh, okay. So he wasn't, he's a, he's a completely different guy. Like I, when he went to Indy, I like instantly understood, oh, that's why they liked him so much. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's so funny to think back all those years he played in Indiana with Miles Turner and everyone's like, oh, you got to find a better front court mate. Like, you know, should he be playing center? Should he be power forward? Meanwhile, we're playing him rookie season with Steven Adams. Yeah. You know, or, or Ennis Cantor. Just like, it was never going to work. Yeah. And just the worst situation for him. And yeah, I, I mean, I was so down on Sabonis after that rookie season to the point that I didn't even care about him being included 
in that trade whatsoever. You would think like after you just drafted a lottery pick, you would be a little more upset. And I like felt nothing. Here's like, here's his go. here's his line from his rookie season: five point nine points, three point six rebounds, one assist, shot thirty nine percent from the field, thirty two percent from three, sixty five percent from the free throw line. I mean, I don't know. Just looking at that, how you could have felt like crazy encouraged about where he's going. He went from 39% from the field to 51% from the field <laughs> in his second yeah. year. And that was just a product of like the shot, kind of shots he's taking, you know, for the most part. It's not like he just instantly became just a much better player. He was only like 11 and 7 and 2 in his first season for Indy. It's not like he was just insane. But then like, he just steadily got better. And, you know, three-time All-Star. I mean, that's pretty impressive what he's been I, able to do. I think the reason why it was so hard to like project him was Steven Adams hadn't even started his big contract yet. Yeah. It would start the season after in the 17-18. So like they were committed to Adams. Yeah. He was about to start a four-year hundred million dollar contract in Sabonis' second year. Yeah. So like going forward, how is that ever going to work? Yeah, I think that you it I mean to maximize Domas. Maybe you develop him in the background as like a backup center, and then maybe you do move on from Stevo at some point if like this thing keeps going. Like, but I don't which know. might have been hard by the time you're ready to move on because like 25 million for Adams by the end of it, it was it was seen as like a problem. It was a contract. lot. It was a lot just because of his health, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, he's near the top of the list just because he got and like James, like got so much better, but. In this case, they clearly got a whole lot in return and like set up literally their entire future because of this. Like you don't like feel the sting no, of, not at of all. Domas at all. But he did get a lot better after he left OKC. Um, and I will take the player he was included with yep. uh, in that trade, Victor Oladipo. Yep. Who, you know, I don't know why the magic gave up on him uh when they did. I mean, I know they had that a lot of other trade stuff going on. Looks so crazy. It it reeks of desperation. It reeks of we need to try something new. It is so bad, so 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 bad. Also, because so he had had three seasons um, in Orlando, and he had played like almost every game, eighty, seventy two, seventy two. So he was like very durable, and that was important coming off of you know coming out of the coming from college. Um, he was you know, number two pick in that draft. He was putting up, like, if you just look at his stats, like, good counting stats, pretty much, like, in his second year, he was 18-4-4 four four yeah. with 1.7 steals per game. And by his last year, he had increased his three-point percentage to 35%. Um, he was starting to get to the line a little bit. I don't know. It just seems crazy that you would give up on that player at that point. Now, clearly, they didn't want to pay him because uh, he would have been eligible for an extension, which the Thunder did give him. But, man, th- this is more on Magic, the Magic, than it is on the Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he still would go on to be an even better player once he left the Thunder. Would go yeah. on to be an all-star, you know, two-time all-star, I think. So he definitely counts as a player who who technically got away and who was definitely better after he left OKC. But he was even better in OKC than he was in with the Magic. Like, I, I do think... As like up and down as that season was for him, you know, he shot career high from the field, career high from three. Um, he was able to do 
a lot of things, or I think the game was a lot easier for him because when he was in Orlando, he was kind of asked to be the man from mm-hmm. the jump. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't really become that player until he got to Indiana. Yeah, true. The, the Thunder just traded Ibaka. That's all they gave up in the trade. And they got back Victor Oladipo, Ersan Ilyasova, which they took Ersan and a pick and turned them into Jeremy Grant, and the 11th pick in Domas Sabonis. It's a great trade. And then, obviously, people remember, too, Ibaka was eventually just turned into Terrence Ross for the Magic. Who's still there. Still there, so who can say? I mean, he could still have a breakout year. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is insane value, you know, no matter what happened. It's not like Oladipo was just, like, amazing in Oklahoma City, but he is also brought in to have a different role than he ended up having in yeah. OKC ultimately. But, you know, just a, a wild deal. And someone that got better, became an all-star, and injuries have plagued him. And now he's back, you know, at least for now. And I'm interested to see if they'll be able to do anything with this contract. I think it's pretty obvious to me that the Thunder, you know, want some more time with that deal to see what they can do with it. So, but I don't know. Uh, Okay, so we've got James Harden, Domas Oladipo. Uh, The thing about this list now, uh, it gets pretty gross (laughs) from here. And you have to, like, scratch and claw your way to legitimate, like, players, you know? Um, You could go Jeff Green, which I... Yeah, I was... I just, but did, did he, he get better? I just don't think so. He's somebody he, that I just... He look. changed roles, and he was likely... He, he got into roles that were more appropriate for his talent level and skill set. Yeah. Because in OKC, he was kind of treated as like a part of the young core. This is going to be the third guy behind Russ and KD. When long-term, his, his destiny in the NBA was you know, what he's been doing the last, you know, several years, mm-hmm. which is just being like a solid NBA rotation player. Yeah. And he can do it on good teams. And like, he's just a good vet to have around. Yeah. but So he got better in the sense that he found his role in the NBA. But yeah, but it was a like, lesser role than what was he, what he was in Oklahoma city. Yeah. But in terms of, if you just look at his like year by year stats, like his his third or his third year, which was in OKC, like he was fifteen and six. That's basically the best he did his entire career. He had yeah. a, he had a short run in Boston that was better over a third of a season, but you know, stats wise, that was kind of Jeff Green peak in terms of like usage and everything. Yeah, I don't think he quite qualifies. He might not. Um, you know the the player that I do think could have helped. The Thunder, and maybe this is too early to pick him. Maybe it's not. Um, it's just is Sean Livingston, who yeah. played for Oklahoma City for just hardly any time at all, and he didn't do a whole lot here. But then he goes on. Games. He goes on to, you know, he bounces around a little bit. I think we forget this. Like it, he didn't go straight from OKC to the Warriors. He played for Washington. He played for Charlotte. He played for Milwaukee. He played for Washington again. He played for Cleveland. He played for Brooklyn, and then lands with the Warriors at age twenty nine, and becomes like this 
fixture off the bench where he yeah. is can score efficiently inside the arc. He's not taking threes, but he's somebody that can be like the super connector. You know, like he is he's one of the pieces that I think we kind of forget about as like this like connecting wing that comes off the bench and just helps piece everything together. You know, hustles on defense, makes good passes, doesn't make mistakes, is not going to cost you a game, and won championships, you know, with them. And you just wonder if, like, they would have just stuck it out with Livingston. <laughs> Which legitimately means, like, having him on the roster for the next five years because he did not officially break out with the Warriors, though he did play in some of those stops that you mentioned. He was playing a lot for those teams. Like, but, he played 73 games for Charlotte. yeah. He played 58 games for Milwaukee. He played 49 for Cleveland. He played 76 for Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, he played 76 and 26 minutes a night. Yeah. So by his like 28-year-old season, he was a pretty regular part of NBA rotations. But they would have had to hang on to him for a long time to get that. Well, they could have done it too, though, because he was never very expensive. No, he wasn't. And like, how many years were the Thunder just looking for one more guy? Although it does make you wonder, like, how do you how do you play, like Sean Livingston, Andre Robertson, Stephen Adams? I mean, he probably like, comes in. Off, he probably shooters. comes in off the bench behind Robertson and like just yeah. plays like fifteen minutes a night. You know, oh, you think him. he might take? He could take the Dion Waiters spot. He could have taken the Waiters spot, yeah, wow. or the Randy Foy spot, or the Karan Maybe. Butler spot. Yeah. You know, he could have taken any of those spots and would have been better than those guys. You know, I think that the most he ever made in a season was eight million, eight point three million with the Warriors in eighteen nineteen. You know, but I mean, like, he, that's pretty impressive that he made sixty million over his career while never making more than eight million. Yeah, he really just like slowly built it up over time. Yeah, good for him because that injury with the Clippers was catastrophic. Yeah. I and mean, a lot of guys just wouldn't have a career. And he fought. And Oklahoma City was like one of the first teams that really gave him a legitimate chance, you know, to to get his career back on track. And he fought and he ended up making like a really nice career out of all of it. Um, but yeah, he's one where I just think the Thunder always just needed like one more role player. And he was super smart and obviously was a huge asset to the Warriors who the Thunder are competing against. Yeah. You know, but again, it wasn't like Oklahoma City to the Warriors and it like hurts or stings or whatever. You know, it was OKC, Charlotte, Milwaukee. He played for Houston. I guess he made a million bucks with Houston, but I don't think he played a game for them. Then the Cavs, Wizards, Nets. So, you know, it was a journey for him to actually get there. But it's one that if you had hindsight, you just say, just hang on to Livingston and just keep him on your roster. Uh, so the next one, another, this is probably an obvious one, Jeremy Grant, who yeah. looking back at his career, you know, OKC ended, ends up just kind of being like a stepping stone in his career where he goes from, you know, a process sixer to then finally getting the opportunity to really break out in those seasons with OKC. Then moving on to Denver where he probably found his ideal role. Yeah. Um, but then he goes to D- Detroit and really maxes out what he could potentially do, whether you would want Jeremy Grant playing that role on your team is another question, but he was able to show that like, Hey, I can be a 20 point scorer in this league, which in OKC, that would have seemed insane. If you're going to say like (laughs) Jeremy Grant average, like 25 points a game one day. 
He would was, have if they would have kept him. <laughs> yeah, they let him get away. And now he's with uh, the Blazers. Yeah. He's going to be on a very bad team. He'll probably put up an- another couple seasons of great stats. Yeah. Um, so you don't feel too bad about it. On the same, At the same time, if he had stayed just one more season and had been on that Chris Paul, I know. SGA, That's, yeah. Dennis Schroeder team. It, it, like long term, who cares? But it would have just been fun for that season. Because I bet... If you have a player like Jeremy Grant on that team, you probably win that first round series. Yeah, you might. Houston. Yeah. And now you're playing the Lakers in round two, and who knows what happens. Essentially, it's like, would you rather have that the pick, or you know, an asset for him, or would you rather have him for that season? You know. And what was... Hold on, let me see who... Oh, it ended up being Emmanuel Quickly, which they traded that to get Poku. Poku so it ended yeah. up being one of the picks they used to trade up to get Poku. To get Poku, yeah, yeah. So but they po- had so many other picks. They didn't need that pick necessarily mm-hmm. to get Poku. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, yeah, I would have just t- like let the contract run out, do one more year with Jeremy. Yeah, because he would have left. You know, I think he would have. And left. we would have freaked out about it by the end of the season. Oh, I can't believe that we let him go for nothing. You know, but in comparison, you know, it's now definitely that we know that like we have on brand. Picks, yeah, I. Yes, in hindsight, I would rather keep him. And if you beat Houston in that first round series, that would just feel really good, you know, it would. in, in it the would bubble. Have felt incredible. That would have felt great. But it was like very on brand for Presti to trade him when he did, knowing that he was probably not going to stay, and knowing the direction the team was heading in. Yeah, you know, and you couldn't have traded him after the season; he was a free agent. Yeah. So that one, it just timing wise, I guess it stings a little bit because they could have won that first round series. Um, but also who, who was their starting four in the CP three year? Was it Bates? Gallo? Who Gallo? Oh, Gallo. I thought you said Nick Diallo. Gallo. <laughs> Nick Gallo. Nick Gallo. Started. <laughs> you don't remember that? Yeah, no, um, I remember that. I thought you said Diallo. I Di- you Diallo. <laughs> Diallo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. So, Jeremy Grant is pro- probably should have gone before Sean Livingston. <laughs> shout out to Sean Livingston, though. Shout out. Another victory. However, shout out to Sean Livingston. Um, okay, next one for me. I'm just trying to like go off like what is like most memorable for me. And I can't. <laughs> Maybe this is also dumb. Maybe I'm just a psycho. But I'm going to go with Lance Thomas. Wow. I'm going to go with Lance Thomas here. I just remember he, and obviously his career, I mean, he he played till he was 31 years old. Shout out Lance Thomas. You know, had a pretty long career. Not the most memorable career. Played five seasons with the Knicks. And if you go back and look at those years, he's playing 20 minutes a night. Yeah, every single season for the Knicks. Yeah, I kind of only remembered what he did immediately after getting traded to the Knicks. I kind of forgot the entire next four years of his career. Yeah, I mean, he's still on the Knicks and playing. Again, this is at the point of his career, at the point of the Thunder's run, where they just need one more guy. Like we, they just need to get one more guy. He's six foot eight. He can shoot. A little bit he can defend a little bit he's just a, like a wing a nice wing to have off the bench honestly kind of like an Aaron Wiggins kind of like Wiggs yes nice guy great smile can do a little bit of stuff so I think 
that to me, it, I just remember talking about it on the podcast. You know, like, man. Well, because that was the plagues of Egypt season. The plagues of Egypt where season, yeah. He's getting this opportunity at the beginning of the year, and he's like the one bright spot of that early season run where yeah. everything's just going to hell. Yeah. Like no one's playing. None of our good players are playing. And so we fell in love with Lance Thomas. Cause he like tried really hard. He mm-hmm. was like, you know, bust his ass every single night. And so you fall in love with this guy. He ends up only playing 22 games for OKC. <laughs> like yeah. 22 games. Yeah. Lance just... Thomas era was not that long, but yeah. he made an impression. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, Really and I was strange. bummed when he was no longer on the team and that they gave up on him. Yeah, I was I was bummed about that too. I I really thought that he could have played. And I think he would have actually fit pretty well next like Russ and KD. Like we just never really got to see it. You know, yeah. as a way. And he eventually got a like three year twenty one million dollar deal from the Knicks. He yeah. made twenty four million in his career. <laughs> Which he, he really came like out of nowhere, it felt like at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, yeah, he was he was traded part of the Dion Waiters deal. It was a three team deal that got Cleveland, Amon Shumpert, mm-hmm. and J.R. Smith. The Thunder got Dion Waiters. The Knicks ended up getting Lou Amundsen, center Alex Kirk, mm-hmm. a twenty nineteen second round pick from Cleveland, and forward Lance Thomas from Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma City sent I forgot yeah first round pick to Cleveland. In addition, uh, poor Samuel D'Alembert just like got waved in this trade, um, but yeah, that's what got them Dion Waiters, and love Dion. You know. So it's even a bigger failure than we realized. It's a it's a you know a pick and Dion and Lance Thomas out. You know, I don't know. Dion was fun. You know, I actually I love the Dion Waiters era, which is a very short era <laughs> for the Thunder, like basically a season and a half. Um. Yeah, we we considered including him on this list, but I I I don't know. I mean, he was technically better when he went to Miami. I mean, but you would yeah. have never wanted to give him that next contract either. So yeah, they were. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one really wanted to give Dion the bag, basically, <laughs> except Pat Riley, genius Pat Riley. That's right. Yeah, Oklahoma, he averaged Dion was nine point eight points per game, two boards, two assists in that year in fifteen sixteen. Yeah. Um and then was fifteen points per game, fifteen point eight, which is the second highest of his career, his second season. His second season in the league, he was fifteen point nine three and three basically. Shot thirty six percent from three. So um okay, so moving on, you just did uh, Lance Thomas. I think I got to do the obvious one, which is Jeremy Lamb, um, who unfortunately for him, you know, he gets drafted by the Rockets, you know, a good situation for him to probably be in. Yeah. You know, he's a lottery pick. And then he gets in- traded in one of the most, you know, notorious trades of recent NBA history. Yeah. And for Thunder fans, you know, we, the Stephen Adams wasn't a thing yet. He was just a pick coming back, so we didn't know that. So, really, the young player back in that deal was Jeremy Lamb. That mm-hmm. was the player that we kind of talked ourselves into. But it felt like the 
any love affair that there was with OKC fans <laughs> ended really quickly. Honeymoon, very short. Because it just never, it never worked out. And it also never felt like it was going to work out. It was almost like from the jump, you could just tell like, man, even if this guy is good one day, it will not be on the thunder. Something is off about this relationship. <laughs> and I just don't think this is ever going to work. Like, I feel like I got more excited about Baisley, like in his first two seasons, than I really did against about Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. It just always felt like Lamb wasn't going to work out. But to his credit, he moves on. And he actually has like a couple really nice seasons with Charlotte, and then he plays with Indiana, and I don't think he's in the league anymore. But he definitely yeah, became so. a real NBA player after he left OKC and played as, as a real rotation player, put up decent stats, kind of became the player, kind of the the floor of what we were thinking of him when we made that trade. Yeah. Like at the very least, you're getting a 15-point score off oh, the bench. Yeah. Like he eventually did become that guy. Yeah. It just wasn't with the Thunder. Yeah, he just always looks so tired. Just he was, he was very sleepy. He's just a sleepy guy. I just remember there was like the Thunder U 2.0 sitting at the end of the bench, and it was <clears throat> Reggie, Jeremy Lamb, Perry Jones. And you just always thought like, man, when our guys get older, these guys are going to take over. I mean, it was like, it was the... They were our uh, Wiseman... Yeah, I was going to say, it's our second <laughs> timeline right there was <laughs> Jeremy Lamb. And... Yeah, you know, just didn't quite quite work out the way that we would have hoped. But yeah, I mean, he was a he was. I mean, that was a big deal. Like including Jeremy Lamb in it, he's, you know, he. We thought maybe maybe he's going to be just as good as Harden. We get all this other stuff, you know. I mean, we just didn't. Have yeah, any, we just got next Harden. Just had didn't Harden have 2. any. 0. Didn't have any clue. And the thing that really sucks for OKC, if you look back at his draft, Houston takes him 12. There's no one after it. So it's not even like you can imagine a scenario, oh, what if they'd taken this guy and he was included in the Harden trade? Like the next couple picks, Kendall Marshall, John Henson, Mo Harkless, Royce White, who also was drafted by Houston, Mm -hmm. Tyler Zeller, Terrence Jones, Andrew Nicholson, Evan Fournier. I finally got to like... There's like one guy that's good. Yeah. Holy uh, Jared Sullinger, Fab Mello, John Jenkins, Jared Cunningham, Tony Roden, shout out Tony Roden, Miles Plumley, Arnett Moultrie, Perry Jones. Like now we're to OKC's pick. There's wow. one guy in there. Well, I mean, maybe if you want to say Mo Harkless, we'll go to this. Uh, yeah, there's one. Yeah, basically one guy in there. One of those guys died. Um, yeah, Fab Mello, RIP. Go to died. the second round though. Go to the second round because the second round's good. I don't even have to look at the second round to know that the second round is good. And every NBA team screwed this draft up. Yeah, second round, Jake, just the big names. Jay Crowder, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Will Barton, um, Mike Scott, honestly, was had a better career than a lot of those guys. Darius Miller, yeah. who uh, had a, a cup of coffee in OKC. He did. Kevin Murphy, who we went to uh, elementary school with. <laughs> Murph Dog. <laughs> Murph Dog. Kylo Quinn, who I loved. Yeah, for hey. A couple years. Great beard. He, he had some uh, fantasy relevance once yeah. upon a time. Uh, Tomas Sandoransky. Tomas yeah, there were some names there in the in the second round. Yeah, that was a terrible draft. Wow, such a bad draft. And teams. Just I think did that's such an a bad underrated job. bad draft. Underrated bad draft. Underrated bad job by every team in the league. I mean, you got Dame, Brad Beal, and Anthony Davis. So like that draft's always going to look good. Plus Draymond. Um, but man, the just like lack of talent. Yeah, starting right around like Myers Leonard and going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. 
Yeah, gross. Uh, this is when we knew that the Jeremy Lamb uh, arrow is not going to work out. This is how he celebrated. You know, like this is just the look on his face when he's just like nailing a three. He's just like barely awake, like can barely what, keep his eyes open. Just not. What was that just video? What was that video that you always used to play of Jeremy? Or yeah, it was just a Jeremy. sounder. It was just a soundbite of him on his. I I ripped it from Instagram, I think, where he he had, he was like looking at his phone while he's driving. He goes, "I literally get confused." <laughs> Every time I'm driving. Um, <laughs> That's such a good quote. Which is a... I need to, I, I need to try to find it. Um, I literally... <laughs> I literally get confused every time I'm driving. That's such a good video. He's so, that was a, that, and that kind of summed up that, his Thunder career. That just was never going to work. Just confused every time he's driving to the paint, too. Just, just literally confused. And he, he had the uh, miss. Well, I don't know if it was missed, but he had the like no high five with Westbrook when Westbrook stared him down. Oh, my it was gosh. just never going to work. Yeah, I need to try to, to find his credit. That. He became an NBA player and he actually got a decent contract. Yeah. Um, so it all worked out except for us because he it would have been nice to have a player like that. But yeah, I mean, he got like a three year, $30 million contract. That was his most recent one with the Pacers. He also got a three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract with Charlotte. So yeah, things things worked out for Jeremy. He made sixty-two million dollars in his career. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he became a fine player, but yeah. not not with the Thunder. Um, I'm now I'm like gonna have to find and like play this Westbrook high five on the pod because it's so funny. Um, you can't find. I literally get confused every time I'm driving on YouTube. Um, really? Unfortunately, I think that was just like something that we liked. <laughs> no, what? Really, nobody else was aware of. Which uh, you know, that's a reoccurring theme. I feel of you and me and Luke's friendship a little bit. <laughs> it's like just things that we think are funny that other people don't. Um, okay, so just to review the list real quick, we're at pick seven, and. Harden, Domas, Oladipo, Sean Livingston, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Lamb. Um, now this is all about, like, what do you like? Um, I'm going to go with P.J. Dozier just because I thought he became a pretty serviceable player for Denver, and injuries kind of derailed his career a little bit. But he's also somebody that I feel like could have been, like, the one more player kind of thing for like that Paul George era of the Thunder that could have played for them just because he's like the six six like point forward kind of wacky player. It's not like he had some crazy run and it's not like he was some like great shooter either. Not a great shooter, but like similar to like Sean Livingston, just like a good decision maker. He's got long arms. He can defend a little bit. He played 21 minutes per game in the 2020-2021 season for the Nuggets and, you know, didn't get much run for the Thunder. Played in Boston for just a few games and then got picked up by Denver um, in the 1920 season. And just like a solid role player, like a, I don't know, he played 15, 20 minutes off the bench, nothing crazy. Um, he also <laughs> somehow became a player that wore the number 35 in Oklahoma City and played two, literally played two games for the Thunder. Like, that's all that he played. And let's yeah, see. Yeah, that was a big deal at the time when he got 
the jersey number. He got he got he played three minutes in Oklahoma City, three, and got the number thirty five. In retrospect, probably should have waited. Probably should have waited. <laughs> you know, it it may you know it had been a year. It's time to give the number away. <laughs> but he will always be known as the guy who wore thirty five for Oklahoma City. And you know, he yeah, didn't get that. Stop, yeah, just stop there. He will always be remembered as the guy who wore thirty five for Oklahoma City. Period. That is how everyone will remember PJ Dozier. He was the one who wore it. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I mean he did. I mean, he did he do did. that. He did do that. Um, any PJ Dozier thoughts? Uh, zero. I put him on my list, but uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because he just his time in OKC was so short that you didn't really have time to fall in love with him the way you do with like a Lance Thomas. You know, it's true. Or with he was mostly a player I, on the blue and a summer league guy. Right. PJ yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with campaign who. I still think it's debatable like how good campaign has become, but he did legitimately have some very, very good playoff games yeah. during a real playoff run, which is a lot more than you can say about a lot of NBA players. And from where he came from, mainly thinking like, you know, things falling out with OKC so quick that they would trade him. And then that quote from the Bulls coaches about how like they didn't think he was an NBA player after yeah. the first practice or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, for him to come all the way back from that and have that run with the Suns, regardless of what happens next, he definitely was better after he left OKC. And this one, unlike Jeremy Lamb, I think there was some belief that it was going to happen in OKC because he did get along with Russ. They danced together and seemed to like each other oh, yeah. and get along. Yeah, the dancing was definitely the the thing. It sucked you in. It was like, okay, this, yeah, this, this is one cool. of our guys. This is great. Yeah. And we needed a backup point guard because, as we would see, eventually our backup point guard would be Samaj Kristen. And, you know, hey, if you have if you have campaign that year, does Russ win the MVP? I say no. Maybe I not. I say no. I say no. I still think it's the, it's the right move. I th- I think Samaj was um, destined to be on the Thunder. The thing that gets me though is like they they just didn't have to trade very much to get in return. They got Todd Gibson, Doug McDermott, a twenty eighteen second round pick to Oklahoma City that I think became Mitchell Robinson um, for the Knicks. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, and all they gave up was campaign Joffrey Laverne and Anthony Morrow. Yeah, and this was kind of the end of Anthony Morrow's run, um, just in the league in general. I mean, he played yeah. nine games for Chicago and then w- retired. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't give up a lot. I mean, Taj obviously had some really nice moments in OKC. Mm-hmm. He, he was, uh, you know, he's ingrained in my mind as part of that MVP season. Yeah. Seeing uh, Taj getting excited. I think Doug McDermott had some moments, but I don't remember him as fondly. Yeah, it's also he, hard he for me to think team. fondly of campaign just because he was a lottery pick in the midst of like having super duper stars on your team. And he was supposed to be like a part of like what pushed this era forward and just could not become that. You know. And thank God in retrospect that Devin Booker went ahead of him went because if, and if Devin after. Booker had been available and they hadn't have taken him, this would feel way worse. Especially since Kevin Durant was like, hey, we should get this guy Devin Booker. 
Well, but and then we were also thinking like Kelly Oubre Jr. because he was from the DMV, and so we we're like, oh, you know, I think they had like coaches that yeah. were the same with KD. So we're thinking, yeah. oh yeah, Kelly Oubre makes sense. Yeah, big win. Terry Rogier, yeah, Rashad Vaughn, Sam Decker, Jerry and Grant, Delon Wright, Justin Anderson. Then you get. To I was Bobby a big Jer- I was a big Jerry and Grant guy. I really were you? Him. I was. Yeah, big guard played for Notre Dame. I liked him. Um, yeah, in retrospect, like that draft was not that great either. <laughs> You know, after yeah, yeah, they they didn't really screw up that too bad. Um, yeah, you know, we don't know if they could have moved up. We don't know how much they liked Devin Booker at that time. Yeah, but without knowing any of that, yeah, you look behind who went behind him, and there's guys you would have rather had. Yeah, but no one that just kills you. I mean, honestly, Terry Rozier would have been a very fun backup point guard with Russ. He would have been, would have but been, like personality wise, they would have never taken him. <laughs> yeah, can promise you, can promise you that. Same with Kelly Oubre. The one that like you look at it and it's like, oh man, he would have actually probably helped. Is probably like Delon Wright, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a senior at the time too at Utah. You know, had adult braces. You know, so oh, kind of wow. kind of guy that you'd That's, want to have. Honestly, I respect adult braces. I do too. It takes when a lot. You just accept that you have to do it as an adult, and you're going to have to spend a year wearing these things. It actually respect. takes a lot of confidence to do it. It does. So shout out adult braces. Uh, I was a, I was a baby yeah. in like elementary school, mm-hmm. not wanting to get braces, mm. and I only got four on the top. And now my bottom teeth are all messed up. Like I really cared about my how my teeth were looking in elementary school. I didn't want to wear braces. <laughs> so shout out to adults who are willing to do it. Shout out. Uh, here's that Russell Westbrook awkward high five with Jeremy Lamb. Answer is no, no. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? Why you gotta be so rude? Why you gotta be so rude? Was that it? No, that wasn't even. That was a different one, and also a different version of the song "Rude." Why? I actually. So what I did was I, while we're on the show, downloaded it off of YouTube. That's like that's the top video. I mean, that was a. I guess that's another missed uh, handshake between the two. But that was not the stare. That was not it. I gotta find it now. I gotta go find it. I might actually. um, Why don't you pick somebody else while I find this? Because it's bugging me now. Um. So at this point. There's really only two names left. Debatable whether they have gotten better since leaving OKC. I guess I'll go Teo, but you know what? No, I won't. I'll take that back immediately because I actually looked at his stats in Charlotte last year. Uh, they weren't great. Yeah, take him he, off the list. There are so many weird like edited videos of Jeremy Lamb and Westbrook trying to high-five. There's one that just has like constant like little uh, emojis on it. I've I've got to just there's got to be just this footage, right? Okay, keep going. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like Teo shot forty percent from the field last year, under thirty percent from three. Uh, you know, hope things work out for Teo, but I, I I do think it's debatable that he's gotten better. So I guess I'll. This is probably our final name. Well, also the also the thing is that. Charlotte is currently like desperately looking for what could be a backup point guard. Yeah, and, that's true. They drafted like Amari Bailey, and they were like, and uh, yeah, Tail, like that's this is enough. Wait, wait what's it? oh Nick Smith? I almost said Nick Wright Jr. <laughs> now that would be terrifying. <laughs> Nick Smith. Jr. Uh, you know what? I'll, honestly, with Hami, 
kind of debatable whether he got better because that final season in OKC, the, the beginning of that season, he was good. He basically just continued being that level of player once he got to Detroit. Now, when he immediately got to Detroit, he was all those last 20 games of that season. He was shooting like 39% from three, yeah. which is awesome. Um, but it has not gone that way. And now I, I don't believe he's on a roster currently. So uh, he's not. No, he did not get signed. He's a free agent currently. I remember, yeah, so, like, I listened to James Edwards' as a Pistons podcast called The Button Cardigan Show. It's a good show. Um, they were talking, like, in season, like, what is Hami going to get? Is he going to get, like, $15 million a year? <laughs> I remember conversations like that happening, and I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm not watching, like, all these Pistons games. Like, I have no clue. Um, so maybe we have reached the end of our list if uh, we're now getting to guys where it's questionable whether they actually got better after OKC. Yeah. I mean, it, it just goes to show, like, this list is not very long. Like, the Thunder did not let a lot of guys get away, and especially for no value. So the guys that just, like, that are on our list that left the Thunder for zero value, I think is, like, a really interesting, like, test case here. It's P.J. Dozier. I mean, they did get, like, two seconds for Jeremy Lamb, I think. Uh, Sean Livingston. You know, everybody, like, campaign... Good deal. Jeremy Grant, they got a first-rounder for him. Obviously, Oladipo and Domas got you something. James Harden is like definitely like the sore thumb. Like It's just not good. Like It was a bad deal. Did they get players that were good? Yes. Um, did Was it of equal value? No. You know, that's... But it's just... It's just and if, if uh, Garuba or Ty Ty go on to have a great NBA career, we can also say we got something for them. Yeah, they got it's the not, pick. Yeah, they got they got all these second round picks just like playing musical chairs with all these players. So really it's whoever they wave next cuz they will likely have to wave at least one player of these 3 that is just they're going to get nothing back. So that will be like the true test case. Let's yeah. see what happens with whoever this guy is. Yeah. Um here's this what I believe is this high five now. That doesn't have Finally. a weird cover version of the song Rude. <laughs> that was uh, one of the weirder moments that we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, see, I got to listen. I can't do this blind on YouTube anymore. I was afraid that was going to happen. Something like that was going to happen. I have to bleep that on the pod. Wasn't even necessary. It didn't even. Add, I mean, it added something to this podcast, but it didn't really add anything to that video. No, we can see, see. We can. We can see Russ's face. We don't need you to dub it. Why? Why is there not? Why? I just don't know why it's so hard to find that video. Like that is just so weird. Yeah, it should be. It should be in the Hall of Fame. Like it should just be all playing on a loop. It's a, it's a very important moment <laughs> in NBA an, history. Such an important moment. Oh man. Well, shout out to YouTube for the weird content they have provided on this show today. Um, okay. But yeah, anyways, it's just, uh, this just goes to show like one, it's like very presty to not let any guy go for like for no, nothing. for nothing, yeah. for no value whatsoever. And, you know, it happens a lot in the league. I mean, think about Isaiah Joe. I mean, if Isaiah Joe. If the Thunder somehow let go of Isaiah Joe and then he goes on to do that, like he'd be like he'd be the best player they ever got rid of for nothing. For no, yes, best Easy. player they got rid of for nothing. Yes, no question, because it happened just immediately after 
you know, he left the Sixers. Like not where like Sean Livingston, where it took literally years and years and years for him to get to the point where he's com- you know competing at a championship level. Um, yeah, you know, PJ Dozier, fine. You know, he's not really had much of a career since he's left left Oklahoma City and just barely even played for Oklahoma City, anyways. So, I think it is interesting that one like the guys that left and got better, most of them got like at least like first round pick or value higher than that. And like some of these guys are the reason in Domas and Oladipo are part of the reason why the Thunder are in such a good place right now. You know, without, without acquiring those two and trading those two, the Thunder don't have Shea and J-Dub, you know, like that's, that's how they got both those guys was trading those guys. You know, if, you know, you wouldn't trade Shea and J-Dub for Domas and Oladipo. You know, it's a, uh, it's just interesting to see this list. And it was kind of hard to make. We were texting last night and it was like, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then we start looking and it's like, oh man, <laughs> we're going to have, there's like quite a stretch here <laughs> to make yeah, this I mean, happen. The other names that you go through. I mean, it doesn't take long for you to get to like Deontay Burton and you have to decide like, was Deontay Burton better after he left? The- <laughs> and you're like, okay, I think I'm at the end of the list. Is he better in the skins league here in Oklahoma city? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's pretty good. He's pretty good. Shout a shout out to Deontay Burton, big Burton guy here. Uh, okay. He did, he did get a, he did get a brief contract with the Kings, right? I mean, I think he played for the Stockton Kings. Did he play for the actual uh, He Kings? played two games for the Sacramento Kings last year. Six minutes. How did that go? Um, he made $105,000. That's good. That's yeah, great. That's, good. that's great. That's great. Yeah, he... He did not put up a single stat. I was going to say, he took two shots and missed them both. Hmm. And didn't do didn't record any other stats at all. If he would have not taken any shots, he would have gotten, gosh, there's this website back in like the very early blog days called Basketball. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. They would call it a Mario. They would call it a Mario. It was after some Mario, a guy named Mario that played for the Hawks, I think. And like if you ever had a game where you logged minutes but had zeros across the board, they call it, he would call it a Mario. And so he was always very <laughs> excited when there was a Mario. Um, okay. I think that's it. I think that's our podcast for August 23rd. We are getting closer to training camp. That's good. Yeah. Um, so we'll have actual real content for you soon. But until then, we'll be making up stuff like this um, <laughs> to talk about. Fake content. Fake content. What you just listened to was fake. <laughs> <laughs> Waste of your time. Uh, all right. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.